Welcome to Line of Sight. My name is Don Heider. I'm the Executive Director of the Markowitz Center for Applied Ethics at Santa Clara University. And I'm Bridget Helms, Executive Director at Miller Center for Social Entrepreneurship, also at Santa Clara University. And we are so thrilled and lucky today to have with us Fatiha Ayat, who is a 10-year-old Bangladeshi girl presently living in New York. She's a child's right activist and climate campaigner and has already spoken in the United Nations, Harvard University, Columbia University, and Georgia Tech. She is regularly raising her voice against global warming, climate change, carbon emissions, fossil fuels, and she talks to stop child abuse, gender discrimination, and domestic violence. She's also pursued a professional development program and becoming a leader from the Department of Continuing Education at the University of Harvard. In addition, Fatia is a certified Android and iOS app developer and runs her own organization named Child, which is like Chai L&D, <laughs> where she worked for climate, health, information, learning, and development. She became a champion in My Goal for a Better Future, organized by the UN. She, her prototype of a space rover perseverance and helicopter ingenuity has been nominated for display in the Jet Propulsion Laboratory of NASA. She received the Amazing Artist Award in the Ocean Under Threat category of Advena World Art Competition. And at 2018, at the age of just seven, she addressed the International Youth Day Conference at the United Nations ECOSOC Chamber on Zero Waste Policy and Climate Justice. The following year, in 2019, she spoke at the 74th General Assembly of the United Nations on child labor, child trafficking, and child marriage. And in 2020, she spoke at the first annual Harvard Undergraduate UNICEF Club Conference at Harvard University on Climate Mitigation and Sustainable Adaptation. She played a role as a stakeholder in drafting the Glasgow Agreement for UN Climate Change Conference in Scotland in 2021. So it must be very interesting for you this year to be following, I'm sure. And um, in that same year, she was honored as a featured speaker of the UN General Assembly 76 Science Summit and the lightning speaker of Global Climate Action Symposium at Georgia Tech. Whoa. Okay. This past September, she addressed the United Nations headquarters about youth perspectives in the UN Climate Conference and global cooperation. So at 10, you have really achieved more than most of us achieve in an entire lifetime. It's really incredible. So happy to have you with us, Fatia. Thank you. Let's start with climate change. How did you get started working on climate change? Um, thank you for asking and also thank you for giving me the opportunity to be here today. I'm really honored and really glad. Um, so how did it start? That's actually a very good question. I always used to listen to the news with my parents. Like, for example, I remember when I used to go in the car to go to school, me and my dad would listen to the news. Um, and also at home, me and my mom would listen to the news. And so I just started picking up things about climate change and world politics and news and learning about the climate change and how we're all being so deeply affected. Um, and I also picked up a lot of different words in my vocabulary. And also I uh, learned about the climate change and I really started to understand what that was. Then 2019, I believe, uh, my parents took me to Alaska to see the glaciers. Oh, that was part of our trip, uh, to see the glaciers on this cruise ship. So when I went there, I saw that the icebergs were melting from the glaciers and I understood how, you know, 
the sea level is rising that's when i really understood deeply that my own country bangladesh i'm from bangladesh and bangladesh is a lowland country so i understood at this rate if icebergs kept falling the sea level would rise and you know uh, my own country and lots of other low-lying countries would eventually be submerged so i really understood that and it really touched my heart and from then on i started to really talk about the climate change and raise awareness and also, I remember the first time I went to the United Nations was in uh, Girl Child Day. And I met Mrs. Maria Monsef, who is the former Canadian Minister um, of Women Affairs. And she really showed me that the UN is a really great uh, platform for me to speak in. And so also from there on, I started speaking about the climate change. That's amazing. So uh, I watched a couple of your talks, uh, quite good, by the way. And uh, one of the things I like since I run an Applied Ethics Center is that you really tie climate change and ethics. Talk a little bit about that connection between ethics and climate change, if you will. Okay, so um, thank you for asking, Mr. Don. I talked about ethics in Concordia. And so basically what happened is if you're talking about that program that um, I took the event themes and I created the words, this word ethics, and I related each of the themes with children and also climate change. And the relationship is because children and climate change are, are very closely related because the children are being affected by the climate change a lot. So, and I'm a child rights activist and a climate campaigner, right? So that's why I decided to bring those two together in my speech. I, I Not only in Concordia, but also in every speech I do, it's usually children and climate change. And I really want to bring these two things together and raise awareness because as a child, I know that a lot of the privileges that I get are... Um, some kids don't even get their basic needs. So I try to relate that in order to get the people to really understand how these issues are also affecting us children and not just the adults. Can you talk more about that? Can you say like, why should kids like you and your age care about this issue? What specifically is the concern that they should have? It's the kids now that will face the problems of climate change when we grow up. So it's really the adults now that have to start working so that us kids can have a better life when we grow up in the next generations. Because if the adults don't do that, then it's gonna be us who face, us kids who face the problems. And at this rate that we're affecting the climate in the negative ways, I think it's really, if we don't work, I think it's really going to have a negative and really bad impact on us kids. And I want, I want to see a world where, you know, we, we won't have to face the problems, right? That's why I think the kids, they need to speak and raise their awareness more about this so that, uh, they can ensure that they have a better life when they grow up. And also, not just for us, but for the following generations coming. Tell me a little bit about who you want to speak to. Who do you think your audience is? And who do you want to reach most when you do your presentations? Okay, so my, thank you for asking. Um, my audience, like I said, is mainly just the adults. Also the kids and try to get them to um, raise their voice also about the climate change like me but it's a lot it's most of the times the adults because it's 
uh, them who have to fix the problems and the, the issues, and then so that we can have a better life. So it's mainly the adults. And we have a whole still group of adults here, many who are politicians, some who hold power, who want to deny climate change or want us not to deal with it because it's going to be costly or it might cut into profits. What would you say to those folks? What I would say to those people, think about the future generations, right? I know that we also need to think about this world. But if we improve this world, we'll have even better generations in the following years. So that's what I would like to say to them. Climate change and uh, children are now at the center of every problem that we have. Right. So that's why if we work for these issues, then we'll actually be working for almost all the problems that we have. You know, that's a really interesting approach, because even people who may not agree on climate issues or what's causing them or what the right solutions are, can probably all agree that we want to leave a better world for our children on one level or another right? You know, it's kind of a basic human yeah. instinct to, yeah. uh, to have more opportunity for the next generation than you have now. Can, can you talk a little bit more about your child advocacy as well, um, kind of separate from climate change? What are the kinds of issues that other issues in addition to climate change that you're worried about for children today? For children, um, it would be things like child trafficking and child marriage. And in almost all the speeches that I have delivered, I try to relate it with my country, Bangladesh, because Bangladesh is also one of the countries that have the highest rates of child marriage and child trafficking. And so, like I said, as a child, I have some privileges that and basic needs that some kids don't. So that's why I want to make sure that every single child has what they need to ensure that they have a good life because I don't want to see any child like me who don't even have their basic needs like food, um, shelter, uh, water, or even family or, have, or even health treatment. And I want to see that every child is equal and have the same privileges. Also, I have a lot of partnerships. For example, I'm working with Safe Women of Bangladesh and uh since October was a um, cyber security month, we tried to create a quiz. And this was also mainly targeting towards the children so that they can, social media is a big part of our lives right now. So that in social media, they're not being bullied and they have, they're having a, a good social life, things like that, right? Um, I have a lots of different other partnerships, like for example, with UNICEF, I'm delivering a speech at UNICEF, which will be coming up. And um, also I'm working with them to ensure that every child has their basic needs. So it's mainly the children that I'm working for. And these are the problems. Yeah. Yeah. And those are very serious problems of trafficking and, and child marriage. Yeah. And child marriage and things like that. And I think that sometimes, especially here in the US, well, it's happening here too, right? We do know that, but we we don't hear about it as much. And I think a lot of people are just unaware yeah. that this is happening, right? What can people do in terms of, you know, sometimes you look at a problem like climate change and it seems overwhelming, right? You know, and I think, well, I can't stop the, the glaciers from melting. So, but what can I do? What can every person do to sort of help with climate change? 
Um, I think that every person can have an effect on the climate change, and we need to start doing that effect in positive ways. For example, we could use the three R's: reduce, reuse, recycle. We could, um, instead of using greenhouse gas emissions, we could transfer to clean energy. Like for example, instead of using our cars, we could just ride our bikes or walk. Right, that's better for our climate. Uh, we could do. We can even plant a couple of trees. Like every single thing that we do will help the climate overall. So just starting, even starting from our own communities, raising our voice. Like if you don't want to speak at the UN, that's completely fine. Just start um speaking and raising awareness in your own community, in your own a uh, home and town, and start you know raising your voice so that people who are unaware. Or people who know but just don't really try to do anything, they also start and start creating a better impact for、uh, the climate and the ecosystems. I love that kind of credo around, you know, it's sometimes people feel powerless because the the problem is so big, and you may or may not be able to affect the behavior of massive corporations or governments or whatever. But the one thing you do have control over is your own behavior, right? And so that can feel like very empowering kind of message, right?、Uh, that there is some, even if it's small, it all adds up.、Um, can I ask you a little bit about sort of your your sort of your personal life? So your parents must be incredibly proud and supportive of you.、Um, how do you manage all of these engagements along with your schoolwork and everything else? I'm just curious about, yeah, how do you, how do you do that? That thank you for asking. That's actually a question that I get a lot.、Um, so what I try to do is I try to balance my activism work and my schoolwork、um, throughout the week. So I I usually leave the weekends since now school started and middle school is a lot of homework and classwork. So I try to leave the weekends for my activism work and I leave the weekdays for my schoolwork. Also.、Um, I try not to miss school for any event, but if there's a big platform and it's on the weekdays, then obviously I have to skip my school. But I always make up my work, and activism work has never made my grades fail.、Um, and I try to make up my work, and also I try to make sure that in my school I am doing good, and I try not to. I'm a student, and then a climate activist, and. Climate campaign and child-raised activist. So I give school my main priority and leave the activism work for weekends. And my parents do support me a lot.、Um, they help me when I'm sometimes a little frustrated, and they they support me a lot and they help me in a lot of ways that I can't describe. I'm sure they are so <laughs> yeah so proud of you.、Uh, you know, I can just、uh, I can just imagine how proud they must be. Well, what about I mean. What about friends? I mean, do you have time for friends and having fun too? What do you do for fun? Of course, like I leave time for my friends. You know,、um, <laughs> what I do for fun? I love to read books. So, I'll read like mo- I love mostly classics and fiction. So I'll read. I have I have a big bookshelf at home. So I'll read、um, like different novels, different mysteries. I love mystery. Mystery is my favorite genre.、Um, and I'll read different classics as well.、Um, I also love to paint and draw.、Um, and even when you think about it, like I'm so involved in my my activism work that I remember、um, I had this like glass at home. 
that we were about to throw away. But instead of throwing away, I um, used my glass paint and painted on that. So I incorporated my painting with my activism work. So I'm that <laughs> like, I'm that involved, right? Um, so yeah, painting is also one of my hobbies and reading. And also, I just love to spend time with my family. Um, I have my I have a little brother at home. He's seven months, about to turn eight. So I always play with him and, you know, he just makes my day a little bit better. And I, these are the things I love to do. So uh, overall, are you hopeful about the, the climate issue? I am very hopeful about the climate issue because there are a lot of activists that are speaking about the climate. And even though we might think that we're not aware, we actually are in some ways. I feel like everyone is doing something for the climate. And so that's why I'm very hopeful. I'm also hopeful that we'll be able to make a smooth transition from greenhouse gas emissions to uh, clean energy. I'm also hopeful that we'll be able to use the three R's more and recycle more and just make the world a little better. Mm, nice. Are you following what's going on at the COP27? Uh, I am. I am. Well, last time in COP, COP26, I feel like we didn't really work a lot on the climate issue so that's why i think this time i i think i do see a little more improvement yeah mm -hmm. so that's why i'm hopeful also uh, i forgot to mention i'm also hopeful because uh every year we're having these cops and i feel like every year we're making a little more improvement so i'm also sure. hopeful yeah yeah i heard something about um how this year it's much more kind of technical and specific about specific compared to last year yeah. compared to last year yeah exactly that's that's what i'm reading you know just sort of from yeah thirty thousand foot <laughs> analysis i'm not an expert at all on that but um it it does sound a bit more hopeful although one of the articles that i read was talking about all of the private jets that people took to go to the cop 27 which is Private jets. Wow. A little unfortunate, right? Because, you know, people showing up in their private jets to a, a, a climate, climate conference. conference. Yeah, it's not a good look. So I think there's still a little ways to go, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but we're still working and that's why I'm hopeful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been a delight. What, what a hopeful message you're bringing, really. You know, I think about what I was doing at 10 years old, it was not uh, climate activism, that's for sure. So uh, really appreciate the work you're doing. Indeed, indeed. It's such uh, just a breath of fresh air. And I knew the moment I saw you and when I met you at the Ford Foundation in New York that uh, we'd really love to hear your voice on this Line of Sight podcast. And so I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this edition of Line of Sight. My name is Don Heider. I'm the Executive Director of the Markelis Center for Applied Ethics at Santa Clara University. And I'm Bridget Helms, Executive Director at Miller Center for Social Entrepreneurship, also at Santa Clara University. Fatia, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak here, and I wish to talk to you guys again. Absolutely. We'll keep in touch. <laughs>